I'm here with head coach Miles Taylor of the South Jersey Kings. Miles, this is episode one of the South Jersey Kings Manager Show. Thanks for joining me today. Nah, no problem, man. No problem. Glad I could do it. The Kings are 12-2 and two in your last 14 games. You've won eight straight games. Coach, what is it about July? You guys haven't lost since the calendar turned to July. Yeah, I don't know. July is a hot month, and the Kings are hot, man. So, you know, I guess we're just rolling with it. Nah, we're we're playing good ball right now. Guys are guys are really starting to figure it out, and it's looking really good. So let's rewind and start last Thursday with the doubleheader of the Matrix. One of the keys okay. to this entire winning streak has been your guys' ability to score in bunches early. We saw in game mm-hmm. one last Thursday, you guys put up four in the second and route to a 12-2 win. As a pitching coach, what does that do for your pitching staff, putting up a crooked number on the board early? No, uh, it's like, it's so relaxing. It's so relaxing when you know, no matter what, your team is going to hit and put up runs for you. So you can go out there and don't have to pitch tight or, you know, think you have to be perfect. You just have to go in there and think, I just got to get three outs and I'm done. And when all you have to do is think about that, life is so much easier. And now switching over to the hitting side, all-star Anthony Swenda led the way with two homers in game one. He's now hitting 377 on the season with four homers tied for the team lead. What do you think has been the key to Anthony Swenda's success this summer? Ah, he's getting a lot shorter to the baseball. In the beginning of the season, he was kind of getting around and his first movement was away from his body. And then we shortened him up a little bit and he's been, you know, working on his swing constantly and he's starting, it's just starting to click for him. It's starting to click. UMBC has a has a good one coming to him. And Thursday's doubleheader was arguably the best pitching performance of the season from you guys. You guys only gave up two hits in game one, one run in game two. And Chase Cooper talked about this pitching staff feeding off of each other. How have you seen this pitching staff grow together since the start of the summer? Oh, man, they, they like to compete. They, they love to come in and, and talk trash to one another if you give up a run or you give up a hit. And, you know, nobody wants to be on the other end of it. So they're trying to do whatever they can to make sure – they get out of the inning with no runs and no hits and no walks. So then, you know, the competitiveness like that between the whole pitching staff, it's, 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 it's amazing, man. It's amazing. I'm at a loss for words. Like the pitchers, they literally like will joke around with each other every time they get on the mound. Like, I uh, hope you don't walk anybody. I hope you don't get a home run here. And, you know, nobody wants to be on the other end of it. So they're, they're, they're really good at that. And now moving on to Saturday's doubleheader at Trenton. You guys had another great pitching performance. This time it was a combined one hitter from Andrew Gaines and Holden DeJean in game one. And on to game two, Matt Shepard with the clutch two-run double to put you guys ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk about being locked in. This guy's in his last three games, eight for nine with five runs, five RBIs. He now leads the team with a 533 average while also yeah. being behind the plate. So how hard is it to be, you know, behind the plate for seven, eight, nine innings and also be able to produce the way he is at the plate? It's it's very tough. You know, he's he's had a he's had a rough year uh, getting hurt this this past season at Cumberland. And he didn't get to really showcase the way he really is, especially his first year at Cumberland, the damage he did over there. So I think now he's finally starting to get into a groove. He's healthy. And this is just what he does. He does this on a regular basis. This is the Matt Shepard I know. He's a force to be reckoned with. And whatever school can land him, 
is getting a game changer because that kid's a dog. And now on to Sunday, we saw Joey Rappaport, Stevie Thomas combined for seven innings, but both struggled in their opening innings, Stevie Thomas in the fifth and Rappaport in the first, but they both settled down after that. What can you say about those two guys and their drive to compete and really battle through after those two tough opening innings for them? Yeah, they both they both like to rush, but they're also both very confident in their stuff. So even when uh, they start to struggle, all they do is just have to take a breath and just realize, like, my stuff is good enough to maybe not have to strike everybody out, but nobody's going to hit me hard. And when they finally get out of their own way and they think like that, they start to throw more strikes, ball gets put into play, and then that starts to build their confidence even higher. So their whole thing is both of those guys love to attack, 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 attack. And they like to move fast. And sometimes that gets them too high. And then it's like, okay, I throw a ball, then I'm then now I'm 3-0, now I walk the guy. Then when they slow themselves down and then they become confident again, their lights out, both of them. And after winning game one, six to four, you guys responded with arguably the team's best offensive performance of the year. 16 yeah. runs, 17 hits, highlighted by that 10-run fourth inning, which came yeah. on eight hits. And you talked about on Sunday with me about the team starting to really come together, play for each other. What does a performance mm. like that do for your team's confidence moving forward? Oh, it's insane. It's insane because we have a couple guys that have been struggling, and Saturday they broke out like John DiMucci. Has been playing like his normal self, then hits a three-run homer to give us the lead in game one. And then comes back in game two and gives up gives us another hit. Like when he's hitting and he was struggling all year, and guys are starting to figure it out. It's it's just a competitive nature that guys want to be in the lineup, guys want to be better than the next guy, and they want to win. Early on, we weren't winning. You know, everybody was frustrated. And now we're starting to do what, you know, Mike Olsen thought we would do from the jump. And he was right. You know, this team is a force to be reckoned with. Now, unfortunately, we did see starter Thomas Goldberg have to leave that game, game two in the second inning with what appeared to be an injury. Uh, Do you have any update on the lefty? Uh, No update as of now. He's going to go week to week. Uh, I'll have more of an update probably by the weekend, but I, it was more so a precautionary thing. Um, he had like a tingling in his shoulder. And when you have something like that, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a trainer, so I can't just say, oh, well, you know, you're okay. You know, there's more to life than throwing in that baseball game. We had enough pitching, we had enough guys, so we were going to get through it one way or another. And it was no point of him having to go out there and force injury or force a worse injury on his arm. And now going back to the offense, you've said in the past that one of the big keys to this recent success at the plate has been the team's ability to go the opposite way. Can you just talk Mm -hmm. a little bit more about why that's so important and the growth that it shows from this offense? Uh, Well, basically from a pitching coach standpoint, uh, a lot of guys in this game, unless you're throwing 90 plus, you're trying to work away from the hitter. So everybody wants to work the outer half and then try to sneak one by on the inner half if you're not throwing a 90-plus mile-per-hour fastball. So if guys are going to feed you fastballs, curveballs, changeups, whatever, on the outside part of the plate and you can't go the other way, all you're going to do is beat it into the ground 
or pop it up. So with hitting behind the baseball, it opens up everything. If you're able to go the other way in your first at bat for a single, then they may try to beat you inside. And it's more so a psychological game because that's what you want them to throw you anyway. And then that's when the long ball will come into effect. And it's, it's almost like you're playing chess. You know, you're trying to, to, to make him do what you want. And if you're able to defend the outer half, he's going to have to try something different because he didn't beat you that way before. Then when he comes to the inner half and it goes over the fence, then as a pitcher, I'm like, I can't throw to this guy because he's hitting everything that I throw. So with the team being able to go the opposite way, it's very frustrating for the opposing pitchers because they don't know what to throw at us that won't get hit very hard or won't stay in the park. And looking up and down this lineup, you guys have currently have 10 different guys hitting over 300 Uh, as Mm. a pitching coach from a pitching standpoint. How tough is that for the opposing pitchers to have to face a lineup that truly has no holes from batter one through nine? Uh, As a pitcher, if I see that, I just know I have to be perfect. I have to have my best stuff or I'm going to get out of here early. And it's not good. It's not fun. Like, I I can see it in some of the pitchers' eyes, like especially on Sunday where we get four hits in a row and the kid's like, what is going on? Like, I don't know. What can I throw? We hit a curveball to right field. We had a changeup over the fence. Fastball at the middle. Fastball on the right field. It's like, what can you do at that point? But the way they're – the way we're rolling is – it's scary. It's scary on the other side, and it's not going to stop. And now looking ahead to Wednesday's All-Star game at Quakertown, mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about Swenda, uh, but your other two All-Stars, Jared Pekrovsky and right-hander Hunter Sibley, will also represent the Kings. Uh, what has right. impressed you about each of those guys this year? Uh, Swenda, like I said, UNBC is lucky to have him. He's going to be a really good good uh, infielder and hitter for them. Uh, I think Jared is a one-of-a-kind talent. Um, I think UPenn got a real big steal out of him, and he's going to put up big numbers right out the gate. Him and also Ryan Taylor. Ryan Taylor didn't make the All-Star team, but him him and Ryan Taylor, uh, either up the middle or in the infield, they're both going to make a lot of noise right out the gate as freshmen. And Hunter Sibley, like, that kid is – he's – phenomenal phenomenal all his stuff moves all his stuff is above average like he gets on the mound at Arcadia and like there's no game plan for it because he can throw anything for a strike his slider is one of the best I've seen and he can throw anything in any count so it's like I can gear up for a fastball and then I see a slider or a curveball or a changeup come and it's still over the plate even if I don't swing so I'm going to be behind. He attacks his zone. He's very confident. The kid just, he's really good, really good. And can you talk a little bit about, especially for a guy like Pekrovsky, uh, playing in the summer league with wooden bats, something a lot of these guys aren't used to, again, especially like mm-hmm. a rising freshman like Pekrovsky. How can that transition be from playing with the metal bats in college and then coming over the summer ball and transitioning to a wooden bat league? Oh, well, I mean, the wood bat is really like a man's sport. So I can get away with a bloop single with a, with a metal bat and my bat won't break. You know, I'll have a little bit more pop. 
So with a wooden bat, you're gonna have to hit it pretty good to to get a to get the ball to go somewhere. With a wooden bat, you know you didn't get cheated. Even if you had a pop up out of the or a, a fly ball that you didn't think you got all of, and it still gets out the park, you were strong enough to get it out. The metal bat, you all you see it all the time. Guys will poke it and it'll just go over the fence or it'll be a double off the wall and you barely hit it. But with the wood bat, you got to get it. You have to get it. So with him hitting the way he is, he's not getting cheated out of too many ABs and, and the opposing teams know it. They all see it. And having him at the leadoff spot is, it's like, we're going to try and get on you early and then we're not going to stop from there. And so let's end on this. You guys have a really big week ahead, currently sitting only four points behind the Metros for second place, which would give you a first round bye for the playoffs. How do you guys continue this incredible streak right now while also keeping your sight set on the bigger picture ahead, which is the playoffs? I told him just went one at a time. You know, the streak run is great. It could end at any point, even though I don't see it ending at any point. But we got to win one at at a time. I can't look ahead and be like, oh, you know, by the end of this week, we'll be 13 and 0 in our last 13. I don't want to look ahead. I want to look for who we have on Tuesday, and then who we have on Thursday, and then the weekend. And because once you look ahead and you start to overlook teams or you start to smell yourself a little bit too much, this game is too humbling of a sport. It's probably one of the most humbling sports, if it's not the most humbling sport. Like, you can get too high, and baseball will knock you down. We can just, right, lose the next eight if we get too cocky and, you know, disrespect the game. But the way they're playing right now, they're playing with a lot of passion. They're playing like a team. They're hitting the crap out of the baseball. They're running the bases well. It's just not one asset of the game that we're not doing. Pitches are attacking. Guys are hitting. We're fielding the ball and we're stealing bags, we're just doing it all. We're doing it all. And another thing, even when we get down, you know, when certain teams get down, they'll get flustered or they'll start to panic. It kind of motivates these guys when they get down, like, oh, we, we got a game now. Let's, let's see what they're really about. They like to punch teams right back in the mouth right after they get punched. And to have that is – it's a blessing. And the Kings and Miles Taylor and his Kings will look to keep marching on as they face the Ospreys tomorrow at 5.30 Tuesday, tomorrow at 5.30 up at Linden Memorial Field. Thanks, yep. Coach. This is episode one of the South Jersey Kings Manager Show featuring our very own Miles Taylor. Thanks for your time, Coach. No problem. Thank you, man.